Hello everyone, welcome back to Torsky Tuesdays. I'm your host, Hanania Abraham. Today we'll be, we will be starting part one, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. Since time immemorial, we humans have been engaged in the pursuit of happiness. The authors of the Declaration of Independence even declared happiness to be one of our unalienable rights. The acute achievement of happiness, however, has always been elusive. Many of us settle for freedom from discontent. I think where that comes from is sometimes because we don't get a certain level of happiness the way we want, we sort of get a, you know what, oh, I'm good with this, and we become content with what we have. I once noticed the logo of a can of evaporated milk claiming it was milk from contented cows. Why should we care whether the cows are content or not? Obviously, the manufacturer wants to convince us that the finest quality milk comes from the best cows, and the best cows are the ones that are content. In other words, that the degree of contentment is, a, is the measure of cow excellence. If only us... Human beings work the same way, that excellent human beings would come from being content. Now, there is a concept in Ethics of Our Fathers where we say that a person that is wealthy is one that is happy with what he has. But I think this is a little bit different what we're talking about over here. I think this is talking about the concepts of growing as a human being. And sometimes, because it's so hard to do that, we'll be just satisfied with the spiritual level of where we are, which, like we said in previous podcast our identity becomes oh i'm okay with this and i'm good and that's where that's what happened with the cows that because they're so content that makes them excellent that makes them the best cows ever as desirable as contentment may be however it does not constitute happiness and there's a very big difference between being content and being happy absence of a negative feeling does not constitute a positive feeling just not having a negative emotion doesn't mean that you automatically have a positive one. Contentment is not the same as happiness, at least not human happiness. While being free of content may be fine for a cow, it does not suffice for a human being. The pursuit of happiness for us is more than that. Guys, we know human beings, we have intellect. Animals, in a certain way, have, have some as well, but nothing compared to, to, to human beings, which we have the right to choose. We have the right to live a life and make choices. And therefore, if we're going to be content, that's having a 16-ounce wine glass that you fill with two ounces of wine and saying, I'm happy with that. Where is the happiness? I once invited, I was once invited to give a talk on, can there be happiness in the 21st century? It occurred to me that perhaps 100 years ago, there might have been a lecture titled, titled, Will There Be Happiness in the 21st Century? In the early days of modern medicine, science, and technology, many were hopeful that we could reach happiness through human ingenuity. And in some ways, I think that's where a lot of the original uh, advancements in technology and in the industrial revolution and investments in airplanes and electricity have all been to help us become better in a certain way. But hopefully that's something that we will uh, continue to see grow in the world, but at the same time, us understanding that there is more to life than the pursuit of this 
happiness based on things and objects. I remember as a child that our home was quarantined, pardon the pun here, on several occasions when I had the measles, chickenpox, scarlet fever, fever, mumps, and the whooping cough. Signs affixed to homes warned people of the contagious diseases within. In summer, any muscle ache raised the fear of polio. I recall the grief of a family when their 17-year-old daughter died of pneumonia. Every major city in the United States once had a tuberculosis sanitarium, and this disease took the lives of people in their prime. These scenarios have all but disappeared in this area of modern medicine, and God willing, hopefully we'll have the same thing with uh, COVID as well. Communication back then was difficult. The trip from Chicago to Los Angeles took 60 hours. In general, uh, Dr. Torsky grew up in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is not that far from Chicago. So I think that's where he's giving this example from. Well, I think the college he went to uh, was based in Milwaukee. I think he went to uh, Marquette University, which is in uh, uh, Wisconsin. While correspondence by mail was much faster than my Pony Express, it took at least a week to get a response to a two-way letter. Cost of long-distance calls were prohibitive. Two-way wireless communication existed only, uh, existed only in the fantasy world of comic strips and Dick Tracy's two-way, two-way wrist radio. But even fantasy could not imagine sending text messages or watching a football game on a handheld telephone. As you can tell by the way he's writing this, there's um, live streaming and... Uh, Stuff of that nature are something that he hasn't even thought about yet. During the first half of the 20th century, earning a livelihood required long hours and often much physical labor. There were no instant foods, no microwaves, and no fast food restaurants. On Torah days, there was little relief from sweltering heat. I recall the first appearance of an air conditioning. It was in theaters. The only relief we could find on a hot day was to stay in the theater for a double feature. For anyone in the early 1900s, the vision of crippling polio could, would be eliminated, that the contagious diseases of childhood would be a rarity, that a trip from Chicago to Los Angeles would be a trip of four rather than 60 hours, that the Atlantic Ocean could be, transver- uh, could be transversed in seven hours, that on the hottest day of the summer we could relax in the comfort of air-conditioned homes, watching a football game being played 3,000 miles away, or a choice of movies on DVD. That would be paradise on earth. Usually you could see his, his perspective coming from where he was and the concept of the pursuit for this happiness is still something that today, 30, 40 years later from when this happened, is still, was still in a position to try to find happiness. If you could tell such a person that in the 21st century, the work week would be 37 hours, then most of the work of the work would be done by electronically controlled machines that prepared meals would be facilitated by the availability of instant foods, microwaves, and fast food vendors, that fax machines, cell phones, and email, well, fax machines were obsolete, would enable instant communication, that human beings would orbit the earth and walk the moon, that computers would make the most complex calculations in a fraction of a second and predict the weather with great accuracy, if only, that diseased livers and kidneys would be replaced by healthy organs, that the internet would put all the knowledge in the world at our fingertips, they would see such a future of pure bliss. Surely, with so many of the sources of distress and suffering eliminated, the human race would finally be able to achieve the goals of happiness. Their pursuit would be over. So here we are in the 21st century, the beneficiaries of 
of herefore unimaginable miracles of science and technology. Yet happiness continues to elude us. You know, personally, as I'm reading that, there's like this high, this rush of all these amazing things that have been going on over the past 30, 40 years. Things that previous generations cannot even dream of, of having things at our fingertips or having such wealth amount, well, not only wealth, but of food and of technology and of automobiles, of going places so fast and so easy. But yet, we're still looking for that. We're still in that situation. Remember, this book is being is being written, was written over over close to fifteen years ago. So imagine this today, and how many more things we would add to add to that paragraphs. Furthermore, it is difficult to imagine what science and technology can do that will result in happiness. Will we really be happier if we send someone to Mars? Will we really be happier if we acquire the technological marvel of a television set that can be suspended from a shower head so they can watch TV while showering? Can it can it be that happiness will still elude us will will still elude our grasp? We have so much, yet we have so little. I remember when I was younger and I used to think that instead of me having to carry around the camera and my tape recorder, Walkman, and having some pens and pen and paper, and also having a couple of quarters so we can call on the phone. Imagine having all those in one device so we don't have to carry all these things around. Things will be so much better. And anyone that has taken a flight recently and either walked on the plane, walked on a, on a train, in a waiting room in a doctor's office, and you look at down people that are constantly busy with their devices. Some of them can be doing great things, but I think it's fair to say that it's it's while it's phenomenal, it's very helpful, and I'm on one now as I as I record this. But at the same time, the concept of happiness that has not come about more today than it was 30, 40 years ago before we had all of this technology. And I think that's just the point of this of this first few few pages over here of him telling us that just because we have more doesn't mean that we are fulfilled more. Happiness is hide and seek. It has been become undoubted excuse me. It has become ab- abundantly clear that science and technology have given us undreamed of conveniences but not happiness. There is simply nothing that is guaranteed to bring happiness. Yet we relentlessly pursue happiness. Shall we conclude that this happiness is a delusion beyond our reach? Is it possible that every human being has a drive that is doomed to frustration? Or perhaps it is just that we have been searching for happiness in the wrong places? Some great questions. I think sometimes also the concept of asking these questions, it's important to ask the questions for the questions. We don't need to know the answer sometimes, but just knowing that we should be asking the question, creating awareness, that can take us a very long way. Some have sought to answer this question in psychology or psychiatry. We have unprecedented psychiatric medications, and we can often cure severe depressions and other disabling symptoms. But while we may be able to successfully treat people to bring them out of depression, psychiatry and psychology cannot deliver happiness. Happiness is not merely the absence of misery. I would even add over there, happiness is not something that we're going to find in or through others or other things. Many have looked for happiness in religion. 
Yet if any of the world's greatest religions had been able to provide its adherents with happiness, its secret would have surfaced eventually, and everyone in pursuit of happiness would have created a torrent in their rush to join. And I think by the fact that we have so many religions that are practiced by many and millions around the world shows that there is no one religion that, that can say we have the anecdote, we have the medication that will bring about happiness. Is because it's not necessarily the religion itself that's going to bring happiness. Maybe the way you practice it, but religion will not bring about the happiness in, in itself. You may be familiar with the story of a peasant in a teeny village in Poland who had a repetitive dream that on the base of a bridge in Prague, a huge treasure was buried. Not being able to free himself of this thought, he made the grueling trip to Prague. Alas! There were always police around the bridge, and he could not dig for the treasure. One of the police noticed his peasant, who was hoping for a, uh, for a moment when there would be no police present. Why are you hanging around here, the policeman said. The peasant told him of his dream. The policeman howled with laughter. So because of this dream, you came all the way here? Why, I had a repetitive dream that a, under the floor of a peasant's hut in a teeny village in Poland, there lies a buried huge treasure. Do you think I am foolish as to travel there to find it? As, I, as I'm reading this, I'm also thinking of, I'm not sure if anyone had a chance to read it, but there's a uh, fantastic book called The, the Alchemist. Um, and uh, he actually talks about this pursuit and how it can really take over a person and make a person do and say things and behave in ways that while they're trying to achieve something, the real real way to get whatever it is that they're looking for might be somewhere else completely. So as the policeman says, do you think I'm foolish? I'm so foolish as to travel there to go ahead and find it? The peasant returned home, lifted up his floorboards, and found the treasure. Within the, the context of this book, the moral of the story may become obvious. The treasure of happiness cannot be found outside ourselves. It lies within us. Not within society. Not within doctors, not even within religion, but within us. I actually have underlined that in my book over here. But too often we are unaware of it. We do not see the treasure because we are too busy looking for it elsewhere. The authors of the Declaration of Independence were wise. They said that our unenalable right was the pursuit of happiness. They did not say pursuit of fun or pursuit of pleasure or even pursuit of success. They knew that none of these, nor all of these together, were synonymous with happiness, which is amazing if you think about it, because this was the Declaration of Independence was written hundreds of years ago, and by people who, yes, they were religious, but they understood the concept of the pursuit of happiness is what we are free and what we are needed to do as Americans. And we are so fortunate to be living in a place right now in America that we have that opportunity. It does make a difference who is running this country, what color you go for, what animal you, you, you stick to. It doesn't make a difference. Whatever it is, we have the option through how this country was founded to actually live a life where we have the pursuit of happiness. And that's trying to find it inside of us. Unfortunately, Western civilization, civilization has made the mistake of equating these other pursuits with the pursuit of happiness. But the truth is, as long as we try to achieve happiness by these roots, we will never achieve it. We may certainly enjoy any of these pursuits, but we should not confuse them with happiness. And I think that's a great point 
Yes, we could enjoy ourselves. We could enjoy a fantastic one-of-a-kind meal or a massage or music or some other form of pleasure. But that's not going to give us that happiness. That's going to have to be within us, as he says. We're left with a series of questions then. What is the source of happiness? Where do we find it? What are we missing? Who or what is the, to blame for our lack of happiness? All right, that's going to be it for today. Thank you again for joining Torsky Tuesdays, and I look forward to recording another episode soon.